0: Tom, you remember a while ago? Yeah, I talked about a uh, actress turned
1: entrepreneur. Are yeah. you talking about uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? The G stands for Goop. That would be it. Well, do you remember one of the
0: things we talked about on the Goop episode? Gwyneth. I snuck a little me- media minor in here. Uh, Do you remember the thing we talked about in the Goop episode was the uh, vaginal eggs, the porous vaginal
1: eggs? Yes, the the bad ideas. The bad ideas. And
0: then all the lady doctors were like, uh, hey guys, don't do that. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow had to pay $145,000 for her stupid dumb vaginal eggs. And
1: yes, I said it wrong, but I'm okay with this. Hi, this is Media Majors. Ah, doesn't that feel good? That we've had a little bit of closure. Yeah, sometimes we don't always get to finish the shows, the stories on the show, because we're trying to stay topical. Also, because bad people go free like all the time. Yeah, and most well, of our most of our stories are about how people are bad. Um, this is Media Majors. It's a storytelling podcast about major media. Uh, I am. My name is Tom Lochney, and I like to tell stories for the world of the internet and video games. Uh, my name is. Chicka Chicka,
0: Liam Senior. (laughs) I'm taking over for Eminem because he said a bunch of stupid things. I talk about movies and TV. We usually do a theme. Do we have a
1: theme? I don't think we had a theme this well, week. Well, I bet. Here's well, what we'll do. you know what? You know what? Didn't you say your thing is about like a weird or bad sequel? Yeah. Mine is technic It's sort of a sequel to an event. Yeah, but... it's a
0: career sequel for. Yeah. Well, we'll get to it at the end. I'll see if I can tie the thread together. It's not
1: a career sequel so much as it is just like a dude like doing the same shit over and over again. You know, a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
0: I have an affinity for a very specific type of filmmaker. It is a particular type of auteur that I like to call the, quote, handsome hard body, All when right. they are, in fact, neither
1: handsome nor hard bodied. All right. And I also don't trust the auteur label you slapped on no, there, no. no, no. Well, a-
0: auteur was in quotes. Okay. Um, see, I grew up watching Tommy Wiseau, the original, quote, yeah. handsome auteur yeah. hard body, uh, eventually I discovered Neil Breen, who's probably the king
1: of the, uh, of being a fucking sleazebag, <laughs> talentless a hack. Yeah. Tool,
0: a total tool. Yeah. Um, there's just something amazing about these men who are able to write produce, direct, and star in their vanity projects and feel the need to show off their little bottom. Or in the case this, of Neil yeah, Green... Yeah, you know,
1: that's true. His fucking thick butt. back button. of his
0: balls <laughs> are burnt into my mind. That's true. Vanity is a Beautiful Thing. Tonal Whiplash. Easy Rider is a 1969 American independent road drama film written by Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, and Terry Southern. Okay. Um, It's an incredibly famous movie. I only recognize Dennis Hopper's name. I think I know... You don't know know Peter Fonda? I don't know Peter Fonda. Or Uh, Terry Southern. uh, Terry Southern. uh, uh, Kind of a nobody. Uh, Sorry, Terry. (laughs) Um, He's a big fan of our show. Yeah. He wrote me specifically to do this episode. Uh, Peter Fonda was... um, He's Jane Fonda's brother, big actor in New Hollywood. They're mm-hmm. like the son of a famous Western star who I literally can't remember the eldest Fonda's name. Um, Jane? No, Jane is her... Unrelated? No, no, no. Jane is uh, Peter's brother. Okay. Peter's sister. They have a dad, Henry Fonda, uh, who is like the, a famous actor. Um, famous Western actor. Okay. And they both went into the biz. Uh, so Easy Rider is kind of like a big... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's way more important than it is like... And I hate saying this because a lot of people really like it and I haven't seen all of it, but it's 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 not great. It doesn't hold up super well. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, would, it, would it surprise you that
1: Dennis Hopper says some weird things in that movie? I'm not sure. <laughs> lots of old movies have stuff like that in it, I've yeah. noticed.
0: Uh, but what is important... Lots of new
1: movies also have stuff in that, like a that society, in it. Society, do better. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's a really important counterculture film. It had a very, like... Do drugs, fuck cops, type of attitude that was like people people who were seeing this were shocked. Yeah. They were like stars and garters. Uh, but Easy Rider explores the societal landscape, issues, and tensions that were kind of arising in the late 60s. They talk a lot about how they really think the Vietnam War is really stupid, which again, if you were a high society uppity snob, you would be like, My word, yeah. Peter Fonda's it's like acid. it's
1: like it's like people who criticize the Iraq war. It's like people it's like people who are like, hey, John McCain super duper was a warmonger. Yep. That's just a fact. Yeah.
0: And it has that kind of old touch zone of, of movies about drugs where people just kind of are like, hi.
1: I'm sorry. I don't mean to, I don't mean to uh, pump the brakes in your story, but uh, did I don't think we mentioned on the show that John McCain did die oh on your God, birthday.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, August 24th. <laughs> it's your birthday. I drunkenly declared to Tom, I hope John McCain dies on my birthday. Yeah, you did
1: do that. You texted me that. Or did I you I said today?
0: it out loud to everybody you in room. You spoke it.
1: And then the next the day secret. he fucking died on my <laughs> He birthday. did, yeah. I'm a warlock. Yeah, he died while I was getting tacos. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He
0: did, did do the ding or
1: thing. I found out he died while I was getting tacos.
0: So yeah, it's like uh it explores the movie explores like counterculture, hippies, drug use and it's anti-police, it's mm-hmm. anti-authority. It's very you know, of the time but like hey you, you can see where it, is, it is indicative movement. of like that style of counterculture. Yes. From that era. Uh, it was made for $400,000. Mm-hmm. It made 60 million.
1: Damn. Holy shit.
0: Yeah. Oh, everyone involved. Jack yeah, yeah, Nicholson yeah. had a bit part in it. Like they, it's responsible for all of their careers. Mm. The film was even added to the library of Congress, national film registry in 98. Now I wouldn't say that I've quote seen all of the movie, but I watched about half of the clips that were on
1: YouTube. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: it's aged and the, mythology... Hey, you know what? You could,
1: you could probably fucking cut together a cinema sins if you wanted to.
0: <laughs> Breathing in a movie.
1: Get no, out they, of no, here. No.
0: Ding. Uh, they're telling me something about something that hasn't happened on screen. Ding. <laughs> He's wearing a shirt. Ding. Cinema is dumb. Yeah. Uh, So it's aged, and the ideology is a little hard to pin down. It's definitely left of center. I don't think it's very left of center. Is it? Is
1: it sort of like seventies white liberalism? Yes,
0: but but like in that kind of like young further. It's one of those things where you can kind of misread the enthusiasm for wokeness. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Hey, you know what? That, funnily enough, that's going to be a theme in my story. There you go.
0: Uh, but like. So so one of the things that kind of really stuck with me for this is like yes drugs are fine and cops are bad but they still don't talk to women great in that movie. Yeah,
1: they still are like it is it is very patriarchal. Yes. We we're, we're, I don't I'm not like super 100% familiar with like the, the waves of feminism but I think we this were This was still... before. Yeah, this yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. almost positive this was before the first before wave,
0: 69.
1: Th- I'm I th- were we in second wave? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, sorry, it was We're before not, the second wave was when I met. Yeah, yeah, from the second wave. Um, <laughs> I know it was after the first wave. First wave was a little bit earlier. Yeah.
0: So I know what you're thinking as I ex- poorly explain this movie. You're thinking, Liam, where's the sequel? Now, I know Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda die in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like get, They get shot by like bikers or some crazy shit. Uh, but I, I know that the story hasn't finished. Oh, don't worry. Because a mere 43 years later, one of these phony tourists I was talking about. For real? He stepped up and thought, now's my chance.
1: So is it in the public domain or something? Can you just, like, write it? Can you, oh, or no. Or did he have to get the rights?
0: Things this time are going to be a little bit different. Wow. Phil Pitzer was a lawyer from Ohio. Okay. Who somehow bought the rights to Easy Rider.
1: Probably because he was a lawyer.
0: From Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> like Dean Martin. Yep. Uh, But he bought the rights to it. He just approached the company and was like, I'd like to buy the rights to Easy Rider. And I think they were like...
1: Sure, "Uh, like, we're not doing anything with it. Literally,
0: we are not doing a single goddamn thing with this property. Uh, Now, he did not direct, but wrote and produced a sequel, Easy Rider 2, The Ride Back. Now... I haven't exactly, quote, seen Easy Rider 2, The Ride Back, the Ride Back, but I've known about this movie for years.
1: Going around the bend again. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and we're going to take a look at one of my favorite film websites that's no longer with us, The Dissolve, and we're going to uh, listen to some of Nathan Rabin, one of my all-time favorite critics, because he watched Easy Rider 2, The Ride Back, mm-hmm. and I'm only going to talk about the plot points, because... Uh, I don't want yeah, to yeah, yeah. take criti- Nathan's should. I'm only taking like a snippet. Everyone, everyone should, should go read, read the article. Yeah, yeah. You should read everything Nathan Raven writes. The dude is fascinating. Um, he's super awesome. Uh, without Nathan Raven, there would be no media matrix. Hmm. Easy Rider, the ride back, opens by referencing the events of the earlier film, but um, Pitzer's Morgan Williams decides to talk over it. My name is Morgan Williams. I had a brother, Wyatt. Wyatt is... Is the, one of the people Yeah. Uh, he had this nickname, Captain America. It wasn't the nickname of his motorcycle? Because it was Stars and Stripes. <laughs> but you don't have to get into it. Okay. The day after Mardi Gras in 1969, Wyatt and his best friend Billy were riding their bikes heading for Florida. The sky was crystal blue, just like 9-11 stop. Oh. Uh, oh. what? Uh, All right. huh? So, like, I don't know if you know this about the 60s. But the
1: sky was crystal blue. And 9/11, 9-11
0: hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So I don't know why he thought this is when I mention it.
1: So is it a person speaking in the past tense? Who, who exists he's speaking,
0: now? He's speaking in the past tense about how the sky was blue and then going in the present tense to be like, just like how in it 9/11. was. In Past tense, 9-11. <laughs> um... Wyatt died that day, a victim of hatred and prejudice at the hands of those whose greatest fear is freedom. Wyatt, white man, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, right. no. He, he died because okay. he, was, he was a... Because a, a, him and his buddy were, like, fucking doing a bunch of crazy shit yeah. on drugs and angered the wrong people. This is the opening to the sequel. And from there, it's more of a deep-dive fanfic. Oh, this is me now, not Nathan. This mm-hmm. is more of a deep-dive fanfic where basically the guy was like, what if I was Peter Fonda's brother? And it's just about Aww. this dude, this dude who is not mentioned Aww. in Easy Rider. Yeah. Like, and here's the weird thing: Phil Pitzer served in the army. Oh, Phil okay. Pitzer has a lot of respect for law enforcement and for uh, uh, cops. So he,
1: so he did not. The quite ideology grok. of the movie
0: doesn't fully make it to the sequel, <laughs> yeah.
1: which is very
0: how dare you dodge the draft to get out of Vietnam? Your brother served and he has PTSD from it. Okay. I believe their version of PTSD is he has trouble sleeping a real thing, but they act as if it was like a minor paper cut Mm -hmm. and that he still is like, I'm glad that I served in Vietnam. Yeah.
1: Not very critical of, uh, the military has no not very
0: critical of the military or of cops
1: okay it's like very
0: cool about cops well
1: something you know what something does not shock me about a lawyer being like you know what the system it works Mm
0: -hmm. you can attack the war man but never the warrior is a quote from the movie okay cool said by a (laughs) loot no that's weird said by someone who has no grasp of what power actually is Mm -hmm. um Pitzer, when he made this, was in his 50s, pushing 60s. He's dressed like a leather-clad 22-year-old who you'd buy the molly from. Oh, McMolly hell yeah,
1: you, like my favorite movie, Wild Hogs.
0: Uh, yeah, no, he literally looks like one of the wild hogs all trying right. to be cooler. He only did interviews about the movie with cannabis-based news companies. You know how when you want to know all the good movie news, it's, you yeah. turn to High Times Magazine? <laughs> Or a cannabis cor- corner. Yeah, like, check out
1: Weed YouTube and but, get their sweet wrecks.
0: But like, we're we're joking. I could only find
1: him on Weed on Weed, weed, weed interviews, yeah, yeah. like, do
0: talking about the movie. And okay. the people were so happy, but they were also very high.
1: Okay, good for them.
0: Um, the film just adds characters that no one has like mentioned before, and they're all that also chronicles the Williams family via war, showing how they served in all the war. Again. This was not. War had almost. They were so anti-war in the first movie. Oh, man, that it boggles my mind. The skies
1: of Vietnam were so blue, just like a rock.
0: He also like. This is amazing. He makes the hometown of the Williams family his hometown in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Easy, like wait, really? Yeah, they don't mention where they're from, and he's like, "No, here's where they're from. My fucking stupid town." And. A state that you've only told me bad things about, Tom.
1: This is, you know, that's true. Ohio is all right. He's also,
0: this character of Morgan Williams is infallible. He, uh, There's like a plot, plot point in Easy Rider where they stuff a bunch of drug money into mm-hmm. like exhaust tubes of their bikes. <laughs> Morgan takes out that money and gives it to uh, a food bus. It's like a school bus that serves food yeah, yeah, to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's not like a Meals on Wheels thing. They just clearly rented a school bus and then Have. got some kids to stand in a line and then gave them bowls. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Big bowls full of gristle.
0: So here's here's my thing. The mo- point of Easy Rider was taking drug money to buy more drugs with it and mm-hmm. do those drugs. The point of Easy Rider 2 is that cops are cool, the military is
1: very cool, and if you don't serve, fuck you. Mm-hmm. So the first movie, the first movie was about a bunch of white people who were like, well, it's okay if we do the drugs. And then the second movie was like... It's actually not okay <laughs> if that it wasn't? anybody
0: does the drugs. Also, you didn't serve and you're a bad person for oh, it. Oh, my God. So my question, I guess, is just like, why... like. It, it boggles my mind of ego. that he sat down and watched the first movie multiple times. Because
1: people like that can literally only see themselves and their ideologies in the the media that they consume. There
0: are lines, Jack Nicholson's character, who plays a lawyer that they meet in the drunk tank, where he talks about how cops are bad, and the main characters agree with him. And the movie does not try to be like, actually, we think f- like cops are good. Like, it's very clear, and I just... If your Pitts are sitting there, do you just hear static? I know, when like I literally actually
1: honestly, I think that this is like a good example of like the function of representation in media because he looked at a piece of media that featured white men exclusively, I would imagine. What, with Tom, like with like a, the exception of like what? treating women terribly like you said.
0: Well, no, no, Tom, it's it's you are 100%. It was all white. There's the, no the people of color yeah, in this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah.
1: Leads of white dudes like because they only see themselves in it, they they can like just supplant whatever their fucked up shitty ideology is onto it and that's why they get so pissed off when there is like a woman or something like that uh, or a person of color because then they can't supplant their their ideologies onto them because they don't they cannot see themselves in those people yeah and they can't like empathize with them and so to that i mean that's why like it's such a transgression that there are like women in comics or something to these people i think yeah the one thing that came over from the first movie is the female characters in the are ed also aren't,
0: like, treated super well. Mm-hmm. So you're totally on the money. But what I'm starting to get worried about, because, like, I can't support Tommy Wiseau anymore. Yeah. And uh, half of it is, I've, as I, I've talked about it on this podcast, yeah. half of it is because dude fucking creeped on my sister. Yeah. No thank you. Yeah. But the other half is... We
1: also, like, know that he was, like, abusive to yes. his
0: staff. Uh, but the other half is just that, like you see these fanboys, you see them talk about the female character in the room and you're one, you're, it, it kind of leaves you thinking like, Hey, do you know what you're supposed to be laughing at? Because we're laughing at the incompetence yeah. of
1: this director. We're not laughing like, at like, again, like they can't see themselves in, in, the, in the woman. So they refuse and can't empath- It's not that they can't empathize. It's that they refuse to. I can't stand people who don't realize how fucking stupid they sound.
0: <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. <laughs>
1: Cool. Coming soon to an iPod or iPod like accessory to you.
0: A new format of an old favorite in musty TV.
1: Prestige.
0: I'm Liam Sr., and I own many different mahogany bookshelves.
1: I'm Josh Phillips, and I wax my floors nightly.
0: And we are experts in all things prestige but especially television.
1: Some people think the
0: golden age of television is today, but it's existed for years, decades even. And we will look at every episode of a very real television show and explore it, live it, breathe it, with you along for the ride. These are all very real shows, and we're not making everything up. That's a guarantee.
1: And don't try to find them whatever you do, because you
0: won't. Seriously. Seriously, don't try to find them. Seriously. Every other Thursday on the MajorCast Network, or wherever you get podcasts. For now. Enjoy Musty TV Prestige.
1: Stay tuned. Well, Wheaton is no stranger to internet dislike. Uh, I believe it's Will Wheaton. A former child star, his role as Wesley Crusher on Star Trek The New Generation is an infamous example of fandom engaging with the actors who play characters as though the two are one and the same. Crusher was a wildly, wildly disliked character, and from this dislike has come the phrase, shut up, Wesley, a phrase often thrown at Wheaton when folks want to poke fun at him. As his age increased, so did his profile in the amorphous realm of geekdom. He has done extensive voice work in numerous geek culture projects such as Ben 10 or Teen Titans. He's involved in many geek and sundry projects best known for co-hosting Tabletop with fellow nerd, quote-unquote, icon, Felicia Day. Uh... That's not a slight against Felicia Day. I just think that nerd is I like Felicia Day. That that is the nerd is not the quote unquote nerd is not a slight against like her rep in the scene. It's more just like, what the fuck is a nerd? You know? Uh now. It means it means if you like pop culture. Um This is how he came to be a vocal figure during Gamergate, levying strong criticism against the white nationalist hate movement. Normally, this would be welcome, but Will Wheaton sort of suffers from allyship syndrome, where he, as somebody who is not a member of a marginalized group, expects his missteps to be forgiven because he loudly and repeatedly says the correct things on Twitter. It should, Shut up, Wesley. Yeah, it should be noted specifically that he never condemned or even really commented on, even though he said he was gonna, uh, his friend Chris Hardwick's abuse of uh, Chloe Dijkstra, which hmm. is not the behavior of somebody who actually follows through in the activism that they purport to. Huh.
0: It's almost as to. if he only is a performative ally when it best suits his interests.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, Will, I hope you're listening to this. He's not. He's, a, he's already left. During Gamergate, one of the tools people used to combat harassment in their mentions were block lists. Block lists are theoretically curated lists that a Twitter user can subscribe to, allowing them to automatically block every account included on the list, like I said. Some are specifically curated, but others just pull from an account's personal block list. Uh, Wheaton made one, and it was sort of a combination of the two. I pulled from his personal accounts block list and also incorporated curated block lists others had constructed. There were two problems here. One, since the list included Wheaton's personal blocks, that meant that people who were entirely unaffiliated with Gamergate were getting lumped in and essentially blacklisted. Like people who, who in the in the past had, you know, tweeted things like Shut, Shut up, up Wesley Leslie. or or had like referenced Star Trek or just, you know, like people that he did not want to engage with on Twitter. Uh, and two, one of the block lists he pulled from included Randy Harper's infamous blocklist, an opportunistic list that presented itself as a Gamergate block list, but also included a large amount of trans people. Randy Harper very specifically did this. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it like it, huh? this. Yeah. It very it, like I don't want to say decimated because like it still obviously exists, but it was an like, incredibly serious blow to the online trans community because Randy Harper threw like a shitload of figures in that community on it and was like. This is, this is a list of GamerGators, and it was just like a, it was some GamerGators, and she had also thrown trans people in there that she did not like. Yeah, sucks, 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 sucks. Uh, this meant that an absurd amount of trans people found themselves on a block list, about, uh, a block list of total about 27,000 people being promoted and touted uh, by one of the biggest names in nerddom, who was positioning it as a means to combat GamerGate. People who contacted Whedon about this were also blocked and therefore added to the list. Uh, He would just block people that he found annoying, so he added them to the list. Uh, When you have a platform like that and are using a block list, like, you don't get to just block people anymore. Like, I'm very much somebody who is like, hey, like, if you need to block somebody on Twitter, you should do that. You should be able to do that. If you're using a block list that you are spreading around and you are just blocking people kind of willy-nilly, uh, and that list includes a shitload of trans people, you shouldn't You shouldn't be blocking people. You shouldn't be doing that.
0: You can just mute them.
1: Uh, the damage these lists did to the online trans community cannot be understated. I wasn't really even active on Twitter until about 2016 or 2017, even though I lurked uh, before then. And even still, I, I was seeing games people who had ended up on the block list talking about it. I still see people, like even before all this whole wheat and shit went down, like, I, I follow about like two thousand people on Twitter. Uh, lots of now, yeah, no, of, now
0: you follow ten billion people. <laughs> we had to purge your Twitter account.
1: Lots of games, people, lots of people in games, and like th- that is that is a lot of people for somebody to follow. But that's not like a large amount of Twitter. Like by comparison, like again, twenty seven people, twenty seven thousand people were on that block list. That's so many. Um, and like I I see and I saw shit like that for years now about people being like. This block list fucking sucked and it, and it ruined people's lives because, you know, people whose primary income came from online were knocked into poverty. Like people have talked about this. Like it's, it's hard for trans people to get a fucking job, y'all. And I've read accounts of individuals having to be talked down from suicide because they essentially just lost everything. Uh, not only a fiscal outlet but a social one as well. That's also really bad like I have I saw somebody get uh, like accidentally put on a block list recently and they were like freaking out about it because they had already been on I don't know if it was this block list but they had been blocklisted before and it had like cut off their social circle and they were like all my friends have, like, blocked me all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on. It's very scary. It's incredibly frightening. And Will Wheaton just kind of, like, was like, hey. I don't care. Do this. Shut up, Wesley. Um, and, uh, I yeah, just want to hey,
0: quickly, uh, Twitter is apparently now doing a thing where um, it's going to show you things that your friends like that they didn't like. Yeah, 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 I uh, saw that. I just want to put that out on there. Like, hey, if you see that, Twitter's
1: doing a weird fucked up thing. So, like, <laughs> check your so neck. It's hard. Uh. Uh, he, he traumatized an entire community of people and he never really owned up to it. Like he is he is very much, even though he is, uh, I believe, it's a little unclear whether he completely rescinded the block list. I was not able to find like a concrete account that did not come from him. And uh, obviously I don't really <laughs> like buy it, Will. Uh, but he, he said that like he, once he found out that he tried to like, that he took off randy harper's block list but also like people were telling him and he blocked them for it and then they ended up on the list and then other people are still subscribed to that block list so like frankly it doesn't fucking matter at whether or not he you know took it off and apologized for, for it the material harm was done and words don't help solve that you can apologize all you want but it doesn't get people their money back and their livelihoods back uh, the fallout for that list was awful. It's the reason I choose not to lo- use blocklists. I wasn't, and I wasn't even like there for this. Time passes. Wheaton remains a vocal critic of Twitter because he is so woke. And then recently, due to the fact that Jack Dorsey is just a fucking white nationalist, people have been looking. Wait, <laughs> what? No, no. Hey, hey. Come on. Don't. Listen,
0: just because he follows Mike Cernovich and Jack Prasayek and Uh, he defended Alex Jones
1: and... He he not just defended him, but fucking went mm -hmm. against the wishes of his Mm -hmm. staff and company. Well, you
0: know, he didn't give Laura Loomer time of day today and she made a big stink about it. Uh, Jack Dorsey is a white nationalist. Yeah,
1: people have been looking for social media alternatives to Twitter in earnest. One such outlet is called Mastodon. It functions similarly to Twitter, though it has a larger focus on community building facilitated through its server feature. Kind of like Discord or something like that. Essentially, communities can pick their own server and live there. Although you can uh, view other people's server there as like a broader website that you can check out. I'm already bored. Uh, and it helps them prevent seeing posts outside their server if they don't want to. Also, its tweets are called toots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: go get back
1: on. Yep. It's a largely queer-dominated space because the, sp- <laughs> the straights haven't figured out where it is yet, and, <laughs> and also because we're uh, clumsy like that. And because like straight, you know, society, white people like don't face the level uh it's assi- just men uh yeah i was about to i was about to
0: say women have probably flocked to don't Amazon.
1: don't face the level of harassment that would cause them to need to jump ship from a platform uh will wheaton sure made a show of it though he made it very clear that he was leaving twitter the garbage website and that everyone should join him uh it should also be said that you know he a privilege he enjoys as a cishet white man of great profile is that he can do that he can just bounce yeah that's fine uh, I read a tweet when the big when like
0: Mastodon was a big thing. It was from um, either I, I apologize for not remembering, but from a, a queer woman or a trans woman, I do not remember queer woman just me um, say queer woman. Oh yeah, I just I feel bad because the point that she makes is really, uh, really important, which is that a lot of people do not have the resources to have taken like it takes a lot of time to get an audience mm-hmm. on twitter and if yep. that's where your income's coming from it's really hard if you if you're not will fucking wheaton to jump ship to a new place because like you know everyone didn't make the jump over yeah. there are a lot of people who i'm not gonna i fucking gonna bother like, you know it's it's because like we know we've seen this we know what happened well, remember and Ello
1: what, and also like and even if mastodon is different like I, I like i personally don't think that i have the twitter reach quite yet or or like i don't i don't really like use twitter as like my brand or no, whatever yeah, me neither. so like why the fuck would somebody fucking follow me on mastodon like yeah i would not hold it against people if they didn't fucking follow me mastodon doesn't need me but i need twitter i need my little
0: garbage <laughs> bird i want my little trash bird to tell me everything's awful yeah but i think that people you know People, people, everyone talks about the accessibility of the
1: internet and stuff, and while that's well and true, it does not mean that it we doesn't all account for, the benefits. Yeah, it doesn't account for, like, the social elements and also how platform functions in in conjunction with that. The Mastodon community immediately reacted once uh, Wheaton quit Twitter and came over to Mastodon, though, let's be queer that they did not <laughs> harass him. I'm so sorry. It sounded like he said, let's, let's be, be queer. queer. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's let's... the subtitle of... <laughs> i'm straight and that's the subtitle of this podcast uh they merely were like ah fuck like well wheaton's here remember what he did last time because like hey by the way also nobody has to fucking forgive will wheaton because he said sorry that's the whole point of like that's like yeah like you can apologize and then people don't have to forgive you and that's just like that's the nature what, of being that's that's part of fucking up yeah uh, is that you just have to be comfortable that people are going to be pissed at you, no like matter a, what you do.
0: Not to go back to last week's thing, but like I'm I'm seeing so many male comics that I hate asking, like, but when can we forgive? And it seems as like... As though it's
1: like a prerequisite. Yeah,
0: as though it's not like, oh, we can never forgive. Yeah. It's very yeah. easy. Yeah.